Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One day in the pub, Seb and Verity were socializing with hilarity. They knew there and then that their options were vast. They bought some equipment and made a podcast. What do you think you are doing, you twits? It's cliched and obvious, you know. Simmons and I'm Seb Philpott and this is three in a bar oh it is it is thanks yeah, for coming back is. again and seeing thanks. us hearing us rather <laughs> yeah thanks for smelling us and for tasting us that's weird sorry <laughs> oh, very um, creepy <laughs> episode um, 19 is it 19 yes already? it is we're coming wow. to the end of our teens oh yeah well I was going to say that's appropriate um it's not really uh for in what, someone in that's worked <laughs> well someone that's worked heavily in uh, in in children's theater oh yes yes i see where you're going with there's this. a slight a slight link there my, my brain leapt to that for some reason no that's good and i, and I uh leapt, lent into it um who is it well I, well i already know who it is because i just because i'm describing her already her name is laura bangay yeah laura yeah. bangay who is MD, musical director extraordinaire, and yeah. children's musical director as well. She has worked extensively with kids on massive shows yeah. like Matilda. Um, yes. And she did, uh, oh, God, I was going to say Somewhere Over the Rainbow, the song from uh, The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, she did The Wizard of Oz. Sorry, that was very long-winded. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I first met her doing, uh, doing Matilda. And uh, she, uh, she, I mean, what a great job that that yeah. is to be involved in that. Um, but the 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 sort of whole machine of training up all these kids yeah. four times a year, they do it. A whole new batch of of Matildas and Bruces and uh, yeah. all the other ones. Um, <laughs> loads of the kids, and they they have so they have four casts yeah. for every at any one time. So it's an immense so, job. I mean, yeah, you'd have to uh, really. I mean, A, you'd have to be really brilliant at working with children, but obviously, yeah. but also have the patience of a saint, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think she um, she loves it and she's inspired by the kids and uh, and yeah. she's a lovely person to be around. So Yeah, she really so she's, is. She's perfect for that. We worked with her last year on Evita. Yes. Uh, 
at Regent's Park. She was basically so, um, my desk partner on that. She was playing. Oh yeah, uh, you she guys was, were the back corner. <laughs> yeah, we were. At the, we were at the back of the bus. It was great. Um, and she was absolutely hilarious. Uh, she talks a little bit about it in this interview, but she had this accordion because she was cover MD and she was also uh, playing keys two on it. And uh, so she she also had to play this blooming accordion. And they let's say face it, they had a bit of a love hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we recorded this one back in June, mm-hmm. so uh, it was still sort of lockdowny kind of era. Yeah, um, just to Quite give you some context, into it. Quite far into lockdown, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, that's right. Laura had done her time, and she'd really she done her time. <laughs> yeah, um, let's get into it, shall we? This is the uh, the chats we had with Laura Bangay. Just before we started, were you were you still doing boy a boy in the dress at the time, or had that finished? Um, no, we just finished. Oh. So I'd got home. We'd all like moved home, and then it was the week after. Oh. Um, so all the other plays that were in the season that were there didn't get to finish their runs. Oh. But we just timed it perfectly. God, that's amazing, um, isn't it? That you got yeah. to the end. Hooray! Yeah. Did um, you love it? How was that? It was amazing. It was it was um it was brilliant and stressful, like all the best things are, I think. Yeah. And um just making a new musical from scratch is crazy. Yeah. Yes. Um and it was quite intense and especially a new musical that's led by children. Because oh, it means yeah. that your workload is like already four times more because I was doing all the kids music on it and because everything's quadruple or triple cast yeah. you just you're always maintaining or fixing or doing stuff and we have one boy whose voice broke <gasps> so we had to put oh. a new child into oh. the show bless him um <laughs> so you know it was long hours and I mean it was brilliant we had such a lovely time and like it was so fun to play. The music, yeah. so Sky Chambers and Robbie Williams, the music yeah. is just, like, so fun. And Alan Williams did an amazing job with sort of making it into what it became. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed it's got another life. Yeah. Fingers crossed about everything, yeah. I think. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was amazing. And just the band and the company, it was one of the nicest groups of people I've oh. ever worked with oh, and I great. think with a different group of people it could have been a really stressful horrible experience but everyone was so supportive and so like behind the piece yeah that yeah. it just was really joyful actually once we got into it oh that's but, great um, were you in right nice. from yeah. the beginning then Laura yeah I was one of the first people brought on to the project so um because I'd been working at the RSC for a couple of years and obviously I'd done Matilda for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And so Bruce O'Neill, who's head of music there, we had a meeting and he said, we've got this project in a couple of years, which I think would be great for you, but it's going to be quite sporadic for a bit because it was just workshops every now and then. And then we'll sort of get into it all. So I think I was the only person, apart from the director, that was at the first read-through of oh, just the script. Wow. There were no songs that existed. And then we had a workshop on the songs and we basically got this um, 
it's Robbie Williams doing all the demos. And so Robbie was like singing every single song as every character. So like, um, and it was just this kind of crazy, very private Robbie Williams album that we all got to listen to. <laughs> That's great. And then we started to, yeah. And then we started to shape it because they were sort of very standalone pop songs and pop structures. Yeah. So then we started to shape it into a more theatrical structure and also make it suitable for kids to sing because yeah. uh, there was yeah. a big debate about whether it would be children or adults or a mixture of both and we tried loads of stuff out we did one workshop that was all kids and then one workshop with no kids and um ended up with sort of a mixture of the two so it's like little kids like 11 year olds and then slightly older kids like 15 to 18 oh, year cool. olds yeah and then young adults and yeah. it um just made this really great mix in the end of yeah different people so yeah oh, so fantastic. to answer your question I was involved right from the very beginning <laughs> wow. on that so that those songs that Robbie Williams wrote, do they already fit into that kind of musical style of songs? Did they have, did they kind of further the plot, you know? Yeah, in, in most all, of them. Yeah, there, there, kind of um, there were a couple that we uh, changed the structure of and we yeah. changed, uh, I say we, they changed <laughs> the lyrics. Um, <laughs> and there were a few that didn't make it in. Like there were just too many songs, which is an amazing oh great that way around. Yeah, you know, um, and they ended up. We ended up um, repurposing a couple of the songs they'd written in different points of the show, and then they wrote um, they wrote a new song at their last workshop that we did. So that was maybe three months before we started rehearsals. Um, and it's really fun. It was really brilliant, and that. Yeah, so we sort of scrambled everything around. Yeah. Um, But they, yeah, for the most part, they were really theatrical. And there's um, uh, Chris Keith, who wrote some of the lyrics as well, um, is a proper, proper writer. So there's some some really clever stuff in there. And I, you Mm. know, I was um, really surprised by how... Uh, sophisticated loads of it was because yeah. I was slightly snobbishly I was like well you know you know pop composers can't write for musical theater <laughs> and then and it wasn't like that at all it's very catchy no. stuff really really good tunes oh, that's um, great and they really work in the show and they're very different to each other it doesn't like feel like they're all the same sequence or all mm. the same um feel or anything like that so was yeah, Robbie really knocking good. around in Stratford very much? Not really. <laughs> we saw a lot of Guy. Guy Chambers yeah. was there a lot. He was Great. very involved. Um, Robbie just kind of popped in yeah. very occasionally. Brilliant. Um, and my sort of like teenage self was like, <laughs> oh my God. Because I was one of the yeah. people that was devastated when um, he oh. left Take That. I know. Do you remember there was a helpline? Oh my <laughs> days. <laughs> Um, and they so, were yeah, never the a, same it was oh, never the same <laughs> there's a really funny picture of me on opening night that made it onto like the what's on stage official pictures and it's <laughs> david williams guy chambers and robbie williams and then there's me on the edge and i i honestly look like i've escaped from somewhere i was like <laughs> oh god I'm so mortified but at the same time i was like if you told my little self that i'd be on a stage with robbie yeah 
I wouldn't Amazing. have believed. Amazing. <laughs> Is that the first time you've you've like been involved so much from the beginning? So where um, you're really working out, you know, yeah, sort of compositional things. Yeah, or... is I've done um, I've done a few workshops. So um, I did uh, the original commitments oh, workshop yeah. um, and helped Alan Williams to transcribe a lot of the songs and stuff. And yeah. and it was just like it was like a staged reading. And then I was offered Matilda during that so I went wow. to do Matilda yeah. yeah um so did that and I've done a couple of I was involved in a couple of the Groundhog Day workshops right at the oh, start yeah. but I've never done anything that's seen it all the way through to making the show yeah. and, oh and so that must really have been cool. an amazing and, feeling on opening night wasn't it to see it all yeah. come together I mean to be honest I think we were just relieved to get it on <laughs> yeah. the stage because like <laughs> It's just, there's a lot to tech four sets of children in, yeah. and, um, you know, when everything's changing. So like yeah. during previews, the, there were things that really changed and then we'd have to, um, you have to teach the other three sets of children so they're just ready to go. So, yeah. um, so I think we were all really relieved to get it on, but it was great. We had a yeah. few press nights, I think, so... Um, do you, yeah, do you have one for each cool. set of kids or no? Just <laughs> no. Um, it didn't quite work out like that, but um, yeah. it was quite fair. The way they all got to do something that was special, Aww. so like we divided it up quite fairly. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But and it was cool that there's little bits that are definitely me, I sort of helped come up with them. Oh, um, that's and cool. that's quite cool. Yeah. Like, um not that you get any extra money or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. but it's quite nice so and on the show you were were you playing piano on the show as well i was keys or... too yeah so i was keys associate two. md yeah and um, keys too so got to play it every night and i conducted it quite a lot oh did well, you which is really oh, fun yeah that's great um like much more than you normally would i think on a a short run like that mm. um but I did a lot because um, Alan went away to set up another show. So yeah. I looked after it for a bit. He's always somewhere but, else, yeah. isn't he? He's always got, he's got an eye busy. on something else. He is a very busy, busy lad. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah. Oh, good to do a few shows in a row though, isn't it? As an, as an assistant MD. Yeah, I mean, I got weeks on and weeks off. Like, it was oh, great. great. And then also the third MD got to do quite a few as well like much more than you normally would in a yeah mm. in a three-month run so um yeah I that's quite tricky isn't it if you're if you're just the assistant no i don't mean just the assistant but um you're you, you might get to conduct maybe once a week or something and then every time it's a massive stress to it was like the first like, time it, it was like a vita i only got to yeah. do a vita what four times or something Right, and that yes, was yeah. really hard. That was yes. such a hard show to conduct. And I hadn't done a stick conduct for a long time because because um, I've been doing Keys MD mostly. And um, yeah. so, yeah, it was a lot of... I put a lot of hours in to just making sure that I could at least communicate what I thought. Oh, Alan's you were great, though. You were great. But there were oh, so yeah, many brilliant. flipping variables on that show, weren't there? Like... The there click one... for one. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. 
Um, there was also one day where I had, because we had loads of covers on, didn't we? Because everyone yeah. got poorly. Oh, yeah. And there was yeah. one day where I had like three major covers and oh. maybe it was their first show or something. But I think it's easier, actually, if you don't do it all the time and you're not um, set in your ways, you're, it's easier to react to what you can hear rather than yeah. you just go mm. into what you know. Um, yeah, you're not using any muscle memory. Yeah, because all, you just haven't you? had time to, <laughs> <laughs> to develop it. And like, no. and I learned it off three different videos. I had three different versions of it that I practiced to. So, oh, right. and they were quite different to each other. Oh, so, that's um, good. That's a good idea to yeah, do that. I think, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You can get, well, we talked about this before um, when we talked to Jackie. Uh, yeah. Um, about about this when you get sent a, an md cam to follow along yeah and you can get set into that exact performance so then when you might have played it through at like four or five times or something in preparation and then you come to the actual thing and then it's immediately different obviously so then yeah it stresses yeah. you out yeah and it's funny like um, when you're a cover md i find it very strange as well like i try and be super clear to the point of like sometimes i look a bit like a lunatic because <laughs> I think I'm. I just need to try and be clear about what I think it is, and you're never going to look exactly the same as the person that you're no. covering for. Um, and so I think you just have to develop your own way of being clear about it. And I was looking on Evita because I got at least to do a rehearsal, like a sound check. I did yeah. one of the sound checks, yeah. so then everybody kind of knew what to expect yeah when I was stood up there the first time but I mean for me like because I'm always much shorter than the people that I uh, cover <laughs> for so like it's even things like that like um I had to stand on a box so that everyone could oh. see me and um it's just it was on Matilda I used to have to have a cushion because um Laurie Perkins that does it is so tall yes yeah, um tall man and it, it's just even things like that it's just um you have to adjust where you do everything as well so that people don't get too surprised, I think. So with, with, with that, with the boy in the dress, did you sort of decide you wanted to, to cover all the children's MD side of things? They just asked me to do it. Yeah, so I I ended up... Um, so I've, I've done loads of shows with kids because I'm, I'm good at it. Like Yeah, um, yeah. And I really enjoy working with kids. I find them much easier than adults in lots of ways because they, for starters, they're used to learning. Yeah. And so it's quicker. Like, and they're mm. used to practicing, they're used to doing homework. Not that um, adult actors don't, um, but it's no. just a different style of um, learning, I think. And the other thing with kids is they don't tend to come with any agenda or any um, preconceptions about what they think it should be. Yeah. And so it just means that what you get out of them is much more honest and that they they trust you. When you say, let's yeah. try this, and it might be a bit scary to them, they'll go, okay, I'll try it. Um, whereas some adults take a bit more yeah. And so I've worked with kids for a really long time. I did like the Sound of Music tour and then I um, taught all the young kids on Shrek when it was in the West End. Then obviously Matilda, um, the whole different thing, but I was on that for five years. Um, Wow. And then when I left Matilda, I tried to not work with children because I was like, oh, I'm being um, 
put in a box and being pigeonholed and I don't want to just work with kids. And so I sort of fought really hard against it and went and did some like grown up stuff. Um, so I went and did a show called Our Ladies of Perpetual oh, Soccer. Yeah. Which yeah. was amazing, but like the funniest thing to me. So I went in that rehearsal room and I swore and then apologized for it because I hadn't <laughs> sworn for like eight years at work. <laughs> and they were all, like, they dropped the C bomb within 10 seconds in that show. And, um, and they were like, you're allowed to do that here. Um, so that was great. It was I like did Mary Poppins like gone bad. <laughs> oh my god it was just like it was really funny and then because I'm really sweary now I think all the like eight years worth of swear words just came out real quick but um yeah and then I was asked about Boy in the Dress and it just sounded so great to me and I actually was then like do you know what I've really missed working with kids yeah and I've missed yeah. working with young people um, and these kids were different because they're a lot of teenagers as well. So it's a slightly different vibe than the tiny yeah. kids that I work with on Matilda. But um, yeah. And are they just... generally quite chilled out or do you get much back chat? <laughs> they're really well behaved, actually. Oh, good. Like it's different <laughs> if you're teaching at, you know, like a, a theatre school? school at the weekend. Home school. <laughs> <Home> school. <laughs> school at the weekend yeah. they might not be that well behaved because some of them don't want to be there but generally if they're in like a top show yeah they want yeah. to they really they want, want to learn um yeah. and I you know I think work, there's a lot of people that aren't that great at working with kids and I think there's a really fine line between um treating them like their kids which I try and not do yeah um and but also you don't you can't just assume everything's okay because yeah. they're not always gonna go, I'm really scared about this. Like yeah. there's been a lot of times where I've had to get a child on stage that has terrible stage fright. Um oh. which is really bad. Yeah. Um, and there's stuff like that that's just you just have to deal with um kids in a different way because I think that you don't wanna like if a kid gets stage fright at the age of 11, it's really easy for that to then man manifest in different yeah. ways like and become yeah. an anxiety disorder. And actually the great thing about um, Matilda was that they were very hot on that and um, there was therapy available for the children. Oh, and we were trained in such a language to um, to make sure they were okay. Yeah, because um, that's a huge so, responsibility, yeah. isn't it, on your shoulders? Like, <laughs> sorry, pressure's on. But uh, yeah, to to bring them up in that way, it's like you know, it's like such a pastoral role, isn't it? Actually, yeah, and also, I mean, there's an amazing team of like chaperones and um, uh, usually a lot of the stage management as well um, yeah. are really um, involved in the kids' welfare and because a lot of the kids are away from home which yeah. is a whole big thing as well. Like, they're not with their parents, which some of them love and some of them hate. <laughs> um, and, the, you know, they've got to have school and it's a big thing. Like, there's a really fine line between being too supportive and not supportive enough and too strict. And yeah. um, But I think as a team, you always find it. On the on the big shows that are kid-led, there's a nice cream van going past my <laughs> oh. window. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this doesn't happen on Louis Theroux. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I think it's, um, to answer your question, Seb, 
Yes, they yeah. they asked me to look after the kids. Um, so they should, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then it became a bigger role, I think, because I ended yeah. up doing a lot more um, as the associate. So, mm. yeah. M- Matilda was such a fantastic project to to do I oh it's amazing yes. and yeah i mean th- those the four girls one one and olivier didn't they together yeah they, they each um, got one they shared one or however they it's they really it, but... funny because we did a um matilda did a video to thank the nhs and um so i got i said would it it'd be really cool if we could just get the original kids back because the original yeah. adult cast were ordered it and so i started doing like instagram messaging and all that anyway because they're all 21 now which <laughs> made me want to throw oh up God. they're like God. 18 to 21 and older so the oldest is 25 because it's 10 years it's been on 10 years and yeah. um and those four original girls I mean all of them I'm proud of yeah like, it's amazing it makes me feel very old but there's so many kids that I've trained on that show that are now doing other stuff and they're just incredible because they have to be to get into that show yeah and you become very like paternal over them really i think yeah because you've got them there um yeah. but yeah they're doing it like some of them are movie stars now it's just oh, crazy. seriously but, um that's so cool you can call in the favors some nice yeah. premieres I mean, and things <laughs> ask them to pay my credit card yeah off. That'd be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, and I teach at Arts Ed a lot now, and there's a lot of them now training at Arts Ed, oh, and wow. it's just it's brilliant. And then some wow. some of the kids aren't doing anything to do with performing at all, and it was just an amazing thing that they they did when they were younger. And yeah. Um, but yeah, Matilda was um, it was really special, um, and I could have stayed. Yeah, exactly. Was it a hard decision to leave? It was. It um, I could have stayed forever. And I got to a point, I'd, after about the second year, I thought, well, maybe it's time to just think about some of the stuff. Because when I got offered the job, um, because nobody knew how the show was going to run. So I didn't play in the band, but I was going to be the third MD. Yeah. And then, so it ended up that I ended up being like the rehearsal room MD, because there's always rehearsals happening on that show. Right. It takes yeah. the kids three months to get ready. And then... Um, and so they said to me, you know, it'll be about 18 hours a week. You'll still be able to go and def on all your other shows and, like, do all this stuff. I was like, yeah, brilliant. That sounds great. Anyway, so we start and I'm working, like, 60-hour weeks, most oh, weeks. Yeah. I'm always wow. there having to do the shows and doing rehearsals, like, um, and it just, it was way bigger than any of us ever thought and then we started to bring on other staff because we were just getting so yeah worn out by everything um and was that when you were up in was that in london or was that when you were up in stratford and or did you go to i didn't do it in stratford Ah, i watched it in stratford i went to see it in stratford and then i was brought on to open it in london oh great and i thought i would stay for a couple of years yeah and then for one reason or another second year I thought I might leave I financially just wasn't a good choice for me to um give up that money yeah and then and it got to I sort of found the love for it again and just adored it and then I had said to myself once you get to your 10th set of children 
which is nearly 300 kids, I think, I put oh, into that show. Um, me. <laughs> um, once you get to your 10th set of children, it's probably time to just say goodbye. Oh. And I, I gave them a really long notice period and they cried. The producers cried oh. when I gave my notice in. Oh. Um, cause, uh, I'm I'd, not surprised. I think I was the only one that was left that yeah. had been there the whole time. And that's a um, huge role. And they must have just relied on you so heavily to, you know, when yeah. you're so good with the children, because it is really hard to find people who are just so naturally good and, and, also and know that how to show, treat them. Yes. That show is hard. Like, there's so many words in that show. And yeah. so there's a really specific way that you... Um, and the, also the RSC has a voice department, which is really brilliant. So we'd work together to sort of get the kids as clear and as safe as possible because it's a big thing as well for tiny lungs. Oh. Um, and so we'd spend a lot of time getting those kids where they are and the physical training they those children have to do to be in that show as well is just full on. Yeah. But um, I always thought, like, cause people used to ask me about... They don't get paid enough. Kids don't get paid enough in mm. shows, especially the kids in that show. And they'd, I, they'd ask me about it, and I, I definitely think they should be paid more. But in yeah. Matilda, they get such a training. Like, so I teach them the same as I teach my degree students. They get RSC voice training, and the physical training that they get will stay with them forever. And so it used to just make me feel better about that, that at least they're getting this huge um, training that yeah. you, you'd pay quite a lot of money yeah. for that, you know? Absolutely. And you can always yeah. tell Matilda kids, like it was funny because I've left the show, uh, I left the show four years ago now. And so the boy in the dress, we had a lot of old Matilda kids in. I don't know them anymore because I stopped conducting it a while ago now because I still used to pop back in and do it even after yeah. I had left. And um, you can just tell, I, I feel like after they've been in Matilda because I could tell straight away just the yeah. way that they um, sang because it just what we set up there. Wow. Just, what is it they do then? A way it's, of intonating or... Yeah, it's it's very. It's, they just have to be very clear. So there's so much yeah. diction work. Also, like also, you kind of have to strip it back sometimes. So, boy in the dress because it's poppy. You don't need to clip every single word like they do yeah. in Matilda. So the kids that we had from Matilda, we had to undo um, some of the stuff that had been set up in them. But it's much better that way round than having to try yeah. and um, layer it on top. But yeah, yeah, it's um, it's an amazing Matilda's an amazing um, show to work on. But it's it's like a lifestyle um, if you're one of the team that yeah um, is running it because you never leave the building um, and it can be a bit all encompassing. So I bet it was it a shock to leave, yeah. but yeah. So do you, do you tend to work, I know that was 10 years ago, maybe things have changed, but do you tend to work with a, a small team or are you doing most of it yourself, training the, the kids? Um, it tends to be that they have as few um, people on the team as possible because it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but so usually you have um, a kids director, a kids okay. MD, um and a kid's sort of dance captain. Sometimes a director and um, 
choreo- like kids choreographer can be the same. And sometimes the kids MD can be the assistant MD. Yeah. But um, on a lot of the shows that I've done, it's because it's kids led. Um, it's a completely separate team that does it. But like yeah. Boy in the Dress, we didn't have a separate kids MD because it wasn't, um, it didn't need to be like that really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it sort of depends on the on the show. Matilda, when I was there, and I'm sure it's the same, we did end up having a team because it was just too much for yeah, one person. Project. So yeah. um, there were lots of people who would come and play for rehearsals that I would then train up to be able to take the kids' calls. Um, so that just meant there wasn't quite as much pressure on me and I could attempt to occasionally have a night off. Yeah. Um, but, what? Yeah. A social life? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, and I also, like, with kids, you know, I just used to make them all their own, um, like, album. So they'd have um, a Dropbox folder that was all of their harmony lines and that was me singing everything. Oh, brilliant. So that then it meant that they would just learn it from me and um, it did it was quite funny Matilda because there's one of the recordings where my accent went a bit northern and then so I thought like and they were all going why are they say my mummy instead of my mummy at the very beginning I was like oh sorry sorry guys <laughs> but um yeah it's a good system if you don't let your own accent I, I love it that you've trained up a whole a whole load of Matildas with northern accents that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> some of them have have different regional accents so I think maybe yeah. Bruce is allowed to have something. Yeah, right? Matilda's meant to be from, it's just, they're meant to be from sort of Essex-ish, I think. But the other kids yeah. are all allowed to have regional accents. So yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. But, you get um, some great ones with the Bruces. Uh, oh god, it's they're so funny. They're so funny. Being an MD, where on earth did this come from? What did you always? I mean, did you always think you would be, or what was your starting point? Well, I wasn't going to be a musician, actually. Ooh. I was going to be a, a doctor. Wow. So I did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was very good at um, academic stuff at school. So I loved science. I loved everything like that. And for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a doctor. And I sat down, I had my UCAS form in the old days where you used to have to handwrite it and do like your personal <laughs> yeah. statement and stuff. Yeah. And I had it all ready. And my dad um, came in and had a chat with me and he said, I don't think you should do that. He said, I don't think you should go and do medicine. I think you love music and you should oh. see that. Um, which is an amazing thing for a parent yes. to say. Um, yeah. And he said, if it doesn't work out, then you can go back and retrain. Um, so that was uh, great. But I used to do all the shows and stuff at school um, and I had amazing music teachers. I just went to like a normal comprehensive school, which just happened to have the most brilliant music department. And um, they didn't offer GCSE music. And my teacher stayed behind when I was in year nine and we took it in year nine. Oh, um, wow. And she stayed behind and we, she like, pers- like was my personal tutor for that and it was yeah. incredible. And then my other music teacher at the same school um, suggested that I auditioned for National Youth Music Theatre. 
um, which have young people doing everything, not just the acting. So they have young people backstage learning those roles, young um, musicians. And so I got in as a musician and it was amazing. I did three shows of them and it's been indirectly responsible for everything I've done since because I met Jonathan Gill, who's an MD on that, and that's where I met nice. Alan Williams. Oh. Yeah. Who have both been responsible either directly or indirectly for everything that I've done since. So I um, did a bit of conducting at university because I did composition at uni. And my tutor was also a conductor. So he was like, let's do some lessons. So we did that. And then I assisted at National Youth Music Theatre. So I got to conduct at the Peacock Theatre when I was like 19. Oh, which wow. Is yeah. It was so good. Um, and then just got into it from there. So I was like assisting people and doing um, drama school shows, which are brilliant because you're sort of left to it in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, And it's really good to sort of develop your craft, I think, as well as teaching a lot to the students who are paying a lot of money to be there. Um, (laughs) So I sort of did that and then was depping about everywhere. I used to dep all the time. Um, And it just worked my way up. I love being an MD um, because I love... um, I really like teaching and I think it's the, like the MD doesn't just conduct the show. Like no, there's so absolutely. much more to it. And so I yeah. find how music um, fits together really fascinating. And I'm also really fascinated by voices and sort of how how you can use voices to make things sound completely different. Um, and yeah. I love arranging as well. I love doing um, vocal arrangements and um, orchestrations and things, which I also did at university. Yeah. Um, and so I was really fascinated by that. And I just, I've been dead lucky, I think, because I've played in lots of rehearsals. So when you're, the brilliant thing about being a pianist in this industry is you get to do things that other players in the orchestra do maybe don't because you get to be in all the rehearsals and yeah. you quite often just get to play for auditions um and it's that must be so playing. interesting isn't it as well it's amazing and also just when you're playing watching different mds teach yeah. you just learn so much stuff about what works what doesn't how to fix stuff i mean everything that i do is stolen from all the people that i've watched <laughs> like <laughs> You know, and you just make it work. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I think everyone does that. Yeah, though, absolutely. Right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, um, just, I've just kept doing it, I think, yeah. and just taken whatever has come my way, even though it might have been really terrifying, which some of the things were. But Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of third MDing. So when I first, like, I think when you end up being a children's MD, usually goes with being the third MD as well. Right. Um, yeah. Which is quite good because it's less, it's weirdly less pressure, I think, if you're the third MD because you do it, um, you do it far less. And so people will forgive you a bit more, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's really hard, like being up in front of a 
big group of musicians it's really can be really scary sometimes i bet um, it is i bet you know. it is god <laughs> you feel bad um, enough just going into depth on a show when you're sat quietly in your section but yeah flipping out that's exposing yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah because um, um, like when you're when you're in the orchestra and you're doing it for a long time you you don't you don't really look up at all do you by yeah. a few months in and and <laughs> I remember this on on a show before where I think the MD was just getting stressed out because no one would have their instruments anywhere near them yeah. like literally two bars before and then but no one ever missed an entry but it's yeah. just it just stresses you out doesn't it if you're not are they gonna play are they gonna play yeah and they do <laughs> it's also it's more stressful if it like so I've done a lot of keys MD um, and at least if yeah. you're on the keys, you can kind of do something. If something goes wrong, it's a bit easier to get something <laughs> yeah. back to where you need. But if you're, yeah. if it's just you and a baton, it, it's much harder to try and get something back on track. And I've been really lucky because most of the bands that I've worked with um, and had to stand up in front of um, usually really care about the show yeah. and so then they'll try they'll get you back on track and um and it's great but um I mean it can be it's it can be so scary like yeah you know if yeah. you miss if you miss fire a click or like if you're just thinking about something else just for a little second or you turn two pages at once and you don't really know it well enough like yeah have you yeah. got game if, face have you got a game uh, face no. for that? <laughs> my face, like, gives everything away. Um, it's, you know. The other thing as well is if you're on, if you're doing piano MD, uh, keys MD, and you're deafen, if you get onto the wrong sound as well, oh. and you're in charge yeah. of everyone else and you're on the wrong patch and you're looking at it going, how do I get back? Oh, like, God. there's so many things. And, like, some shows where you've got to operate a camera because if you're remote, you have to have the camera in the right place and... Um, God, there's so many things, but it's actually making my palms sweat talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also just how do you deal with it? Like, if it's your fault, you kind of got it. You go and practice, and you don't do it again. But you can't. You just got to get on with the rest of the show and like go and apologize to whoever it affected afterwards. It's yeah. different if it's not your fault. No. Um, that's a bit harder, and it's. It'd be tricky being a, an assistant or a third MD um, if, you know, if you've got a problematic player, for example, which can happen. Um, you're the boss that day, but you're not you're not the boss overall. And mm. it can be, that can be quite hard to um, to manage sometimes um, yeah. because you you can feel like, again, when it's when you don't do it all the time, you can feel like you've made that mistake happen, even if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, fault. yeah. Any of those mistakes, even if it's not your fault, you just you can't stop thinking. I I have this sometimes in a show. I had it recently, and an MD they just didn't give me a proper count in, and it was just like a nod, and it usually is a count in, and I don't. And then I wasn't ready because I hadn't yeah. didn't have the usual cues, so. But then the rest of the show, I'm just thinking over and over in my head, like, oh, messed up, messed up. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't my fault, but, yeah. but you can't help it. In it's the horrible, Absolutely. isn't it? Like your heart's in your mouth. Like, cause yeah, you, yeah, horrible. You know, it's really difficult. And also um, I my attitude to depping has changed since I've started MDing a lot more. Like, because I used to dep 
on so many shows and it, I loved it. It was just like water off a duck's back. But I haven't dept very much since conducting and I think it's because I'm very aware of... I'm much more aware of how everyone else listens um, and I got really like I've got myself into a right state about it um, which is weird because I'm fine to go and be a Dep MD <laughs> yeah. but like to go and yeah. Dep on a keys part or whatever I find it really really scary to do that now um, well you mean that everyone else in the band are listening out for the depths? yeah it's just funny or... like um, <laughs> and so I think also because there have been some shows that I did on Matilda where there was a weird combination of depths in or, you know, some things happen that aren't quite in your control and and yeah. it goes wrong and, I don't know, it's just... Um, depping is so scary anyway, isn't it? Why yeah. do we do it? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you take everything to heart or you over-analyse everything that you do, you'd never leave the house. you you'd have to go and do something else I think because that is what we do and it's like when it's great it's amazing isn't it I was thinking the other day yeah. just how much I really miss just playing music with other people in the same yeah. room like it's so much fun um yeah. and we're we're so lucky to do it and it's important I think it's really important to people that we do do it as well um absolutely but yeah yeah, think, <laughs> yeah. But, you know people are trying their best to get theatre going again aren't they i know it's gonna be What's weird like Webber doing is trying to get something on the palladium isn't he oh yeah yeah yes. i think he's doing because they've done something in korea haven't they um and it's about um how you manage um like taking t- people's temperatures and mm. okay stuff yeah like i think it's brilliant though it's much better to have proactive people trying to figure out solutions than Definitely. people going everything's gonna die yeah yeah and it's yeah. just like oh it seems like all, in my simple mind all you literally need is is a, a big pa and that's all you'd really need really because then and maybe some screens so people can see but then people could be spread out you know for ages yeah and then you can you know yeah exactly yeah well i mean we could be a remote band from home couldn't we yes yeah if you've got a remote (laughs) band under the stage you could definitely do it from your own house (laughs) yeah absolutely or from like the bahamas with the margarita or something that'd be great yeah definitely that should be (laughs) written in obviously like zoom doesn't work so there's a bit of a delay isn't there but yeah but maybe if we set up like a system of wires that that are stretched from the west end to, to well <laughs> southeast london northeast london are you up in hertfordshire somewhere is that, is that uh, yeah right? bedfordshire. Up there. yeah bedfordshire yeah so just like spreads across i mean it's a lot of wires but but then i guess there'd be no right. delay i'm not really much of a i think um, also it makes a difference if you've got an ethernet connection oh that slows down the delay um so i think there's a way of um doing it if you're directly plugged into the internet i mean after however many weeks we've done of this we should really be all over (laughs) all over that shouldn't we we? but (laughs) you know what i've actually got an ethernet cable and it's just not plugged in well there we are (laughs) give it a go i think the problem is that everyone needs to have one so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. so otherwise it's a nightmare now I, I was wanted to ask 
this is this is a bit of a serious issue actually. Okay. Um, um, it's quite a male dominated thing, isn't it? MDing. Yeah. A couple of female MDs I could think of, but um, yeah. uh, there's um, not many of you anyway. It is changing at the moment. So there's quite a few um, brilliant um, sort of organisations and things that are changing things. So I'm part of something called Ladies of the Stave. Uh, uh, right. which is a networking um, thing for female musicians and female MDs. Uh, yeah. And there's like a, a Facebook group run by Georgia Stitt that's called Maestra MDs. And then we've got a UK one that me and Caroline Humphreys oh, run. Oh, brilliant. Um, and it's, um, it is getting better. I think at the moment we're in a stage of... It's sort of weird. I've I've never thought about being a woman doing this job until maybe the last three years because um, it's suddenly uh, come into focus because I, yeah. I've just been, I've been really lucky with work. I've got to do what I do and I've worked really hard at it and just done the best job that I can do. Yeah. Um, and I'd never thought about why I'm there. Um, and there's a weird thing at the moment where now shows are um there's shows like waitress that specifically have a female md um yeah. which is brilliant and but it what what it does is you can go oh am i just now here to tick a box mm. um which yeah. can feel a bit strange but at the same time you kind of if you're in the door and you've got there just do the best like do the best job exactly and prove that you're there because you've got us to be there and like it's great yeah um and so yeah it's um it can be a bit daunting sometimes if you're like if you're in charge of a mostly male band Mm. um that can be a bit weird um but i i personally and i can only speak for myself like i can't speak for all female mds in the industry Mm. um i haven't really had any problems from male musicians and it's always been really supportive um i think that i mean the one thing that happened to me i was thinking about it today um was because i never wear anything remotely low cut when i'm mding and it was because i was told on a show that um IMD that I won't name that there was a group of crew gathered around a monitor watching my chest jiggle up and down oh my god oh my god um and I it really made me feel quite gross yeah it made me feel really dirty um and so then I just not that I ever like I wasn't going around with my boobs out you know (laughs) but um it really made me change the way that I dressed at work um yeah, and, how awful, you know, though, stuff that... like that can happen. Yeah. And there's sometimes that I've been in interviews where uh, male um, music supervisors have been quite patronising, and mm. stuff. like I remember one um, saying to me, "You know, this is going to be a long run. It's going to go on for a year. It's not like one of your little drama school shows." And I was oh. like, "Yes, oh, I know." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, who knows whether they would have said that to a younger guy either i don't know if that was particularly about my gender but um i Mm. do think it's improving and i think there's um there's a lot of amazing female mds out there and i think just places are getting better at sort of diversifying and 
And it's also about if you can see someone that's doing it, you might go, oh, well, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, at Matilda, I would remember talking to one of the little... T- I mean, she was tiny. She was, like, nine. And I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, I want to be a conductor like you are. And it made, I got really choked oh, up wow. about it because yeah. I'd never had that. I'd never seen anybody do that job when I was younger because it was always... The shows that I went to see always had a male MD. So I think it's it's just slowly changing. I mean, yeah. there's a much bigger problem in our industry that um, it's, like, very white. So yeah, I think yeah. that's, like, we've got to start doing better at that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I think there's a lot. There's also a lot of courses out there now, which I never did actually. Yeah. Um, but I think there was a problem with um, no women being accepted onto those MDing courses, and I think that's now improving and good. So yeah, yeah. and then hopefully in like a few years it'll be a thing where it's not a it's not remarkable yeah. to have a female MD. Well, there's a lot of um, female MDs on Broadway compared to here. Oh really? Oh, right. That's yeah, great. Which is really cool. So, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's brilliant. It was funny when we were doing Evita and um, <clears throat> Tim Shida came to watch one of the shows that I did. He, he's the artistic director there. And he said, it's so brilliant to see a woman up there conducting. And I just wanted to go, well, you run this place. So, like, you could, <laughs> yeah. you could just get some more women in. Um, yeah. I think Kathy Jays does a lot there, actually. So um, I think they do get women in. So maybe that's a bit unfair. But it was just a weird <laughs> thing for him to say. Because I was like, yes, it is great. But yeah. at the same time, like... Like, you're one of the people that could make it better, like... um, Well, I hope that's stuck in his mind, then. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. I remember there was a bit of an outcry about um, the National Theatre a couple of years ago. They announced the season and there was, like, one or two women on on all the creative uh, lists of people involved in anything. Yeah. Um, Surely now... After what's happened, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement and lots of and, and in the last few days, a lot of people in the comedy world have been talking about yeah. sexism. Oh, yeah. And surely if, if you're running any kind of arts venue, um, that's got to be at the absolute top of your agenda, isn't it? To, to, yeah. And I to think just show what, what we can do as an industry. I think yeah. as a music industry, um, there's also a problem with, um, I think, music colleges actually. And even yeah. in primary schools, like, this music doesn't get taught in school as much. There's just not no. as much opportunity. And I think it, there's a big, wide conversation that needs to happen about how we improve education and making it available for everybody. And then sort of it's the same thing. It's um, I think if you can see someone that looks like you doing the thing that you want to do, yeah. yes, you're going to exactly. try and do it. And so um, it's been really nice. Like I've mentored quite a lot of uh, younger female MDs, um, which has been, it's been a real privilege to do that. And I think we sort of have to do that for each other as well. And I've mentored male MDs as well. (laughs) But um, like, I think, you know, a lot of, um, I've had quite a lot of women come to me and just say, I want to do what you do. How do I do it? And I can only say, this is how I did it. And then I'll maybe recommend them for some work or 
whatever yeah. but i think that's we all have to do that don't we we've got to look out for each other yeah quite right um yeah but yeah send the elevator back down sorry yes. <laughs> have, you had, have you had that phrase so, to send the elevator back down oh yes <laughs> like you know look out for the that's good the, i like that yeah. yeah good one yeah i think it's really important to pay it forward again isn't it like you know because um Jonathan Gill and Alan Williams, I'll be forever grateful to them and to be able to then try and do that for someone else um, is kind of really special because it just keeps it keeps it moving, you know, and um, and also, like, it is tricky as well, isn't it, because n- nobody's at the uh, 100% of their knowledge. Like, every single job I do, I learn more. I learn how to do more stuff, and I find out more stuff that I'm not very good at, and I need to, like, <laughs> learning the accordion, for example. I, I wasn't going to bring um, it up. <laughs> you said not to mention that very Me and Theresa May. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the lovely Theresa. Yeah. Has she been out? Has she been out during lockdown? No, I gave her back. No, I gave her back to oh. the person I borrowed her from. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're always learning, aren't you? So it's good yeah. to try and teach other people while you're learning. I think. Honestly, yeah. Laura, your face when you used to get that accordion out. Oh, God, I mean, uh, hate was doesn't come close. So does stressful. It? <laughs> like I would much rather conduct that show, which was really hard, and I didn't get to do it very much. Then play the accordion at oh. any point. <laughs> but can I just say that it was really very good. Like you could play if I, I had a go on that. Yeah, it. very funny. Yeah, I got better at it. There were some times where, and also like when you just got a piano, it, it just does what you ask it to do. Sometimes like you're on the wrong patch or whatever, but you know you can fix that. The accordion sometimes it just <laughs> wouldn't do what I wanted it to do, and I. Just didn't know the instrument well enough to go, ah, this is how I fix that. Um, <laughs> Sometimes it lets out involuntary noises, doesn't it? I don't oh, Not from you. I was actually thinking about when Hugh came in to cover one day and he'd, oh, just, yeah. he'd done this lovely job. He just played one of the little accordion solos and it was beautiful. And I think maybe there was a moment of relaxation. We went, ah, phew, that's done. And it just sort of let out this... <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't catch me swearing into the mic <laughs> every time. Every time I have to do something, it's like effing this. I'm learning how to count in seven eights. That's they're the two oh. things I'll take away yeah. from that show. <laughs> it was the, the click on that number, wasn't oh my it? Gosh. And the money kept rolling in. Oh, yeah. And that day, really, yeah. do you have to fire it a couple of times in the sh- in the song, or is it just you, you got to do, get it, it once? It was the first time set. that I conducted, and I did my upbeat and didn't fire the click at the right time because I hadn't practiced it. It was a oh. one click that I hadn't practiced firing. I'd, oh. I'd done all the other ones, but everyone stuck with it. Everyone had to concentrate dead hard. It's really good. Yeah. And Alan was like, Try not to just all. He was funny. Alan was like, <laughs> oh, the singing sounded weird. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. No click. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot to think yeah. about. You've got to be really coordinated, you know. I yeah. think it's like flying a plane. Like, I mean, obviously, it must be harder to fly a plane than to end a show. <laughs> Oh, good God. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, I oh, forgot to fire up the engine today. <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry. 
<laughs> Don't worry. So earlier on, Seb pointed me in the direction of the film Pride, oh, which yeah. I yes. gather you MD'd a scene, like a really I big did. scene in that. It was the big, um, uh, the big scene where they all sing in the, in yes. the working man's club. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I watched it earlier. It was it's so great. It was I love a that really film so much. crazy experience. Yeah, um, and I didn't know what to expect, so I went. Um, I did some rehearsals. I got uh, Chris Nightingale asked me to do it, so I'd yeah. work with him on Matilda, and he said yeah. I'd really love you to come and help me with this scene. Um, so I said, cool. And he sent me the song. He said, this is what it is. And then I ended up transcribing it for him because he just didn't have time. So I did that. And then we had to, I had to go and do this like crazy rehearsal. Yeah. We had to teach it to all the actors. So it was like Imelda Staunton and Bill Nye, like all yeah. these people. And I walked into the Dominic Westers there and like um, yeah. Andrew Scott. And I was like, <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> So I walked into the room and I sort of had an out-of-body experience and then just taught them the song and it was gorgeous. Like, it was really good, it worked. And Matthew Watchers, who was the director, was really happy. And then I had to go and teach. So Chris had said to me, there's going to be about 30 extras in it, so would you mind um, teaching them the songs? Cool. So we did it in this studio on, like, Bond Street or something. I went and taught all the extras. Brilliant. Got there on the day and we had to be there at, like, 6 a.m., Oof. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Matthew, um, the director, said, "So, this scene's going to be a little bit bigger than we thought." Um, and there were like two hundred extras. Oh my god! And he said, "Can you teach them the song?" And I was like, "Okay, great." <laughs> and then so I had to teach them all this song, and then it was all led by this one girl. But they didn't have earpieces for everyone. So I was like, how is everyone going to stay in time for the edit? Because um, if they haven't got earpieces, we can't put a click through or anything like that. And um, so we did all these different takes. So I'm basically the stage that's in the the club. I'm behind a curtain on that, playing the piano into this girl's ear. We did loads of takes where the piano was live, so they got all of their voices and didn't use the sound. And then we had to do a few takes unaccompanied, and I conducted them. So I'm stood on, I'm like stood on a bench on the other side, um, conducting all these people. Yeah, we had to do all these different things. It was, um, it was brilliant, and it was in this like, in a old factory in Slough or something like that. Oh, was it? Um, oh, right. The set, yeah. So it was a complete set, it wasn't a real club? No, it was a set. Oh. They just put this wow. set in there. But yeah, it was um, It was pretty bonkers. Um, yeah. But it's beautiful. I think that the film is beautiful. I'm really proud to have been part of it. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to go, go and watch it all now. Oh, it's so good. Having and seen I that got, scene, yeah. yeah. I got to go and have a little listen Um when they were recording the soundtrack with the brass band, oh, oh, wow. I got to go to the studios and um, see all that happen because I've never done like sessions for films or anything like that. So I was just fascinated. And yeah. Chris went, yeah. yeah, come down, come and have a was listen. It, was it Chadiga Brass Band who did it? Yeah, they're amazing. Because they play on that on that scene as well. They come in and the, 
Yeah, they play all the way through. On that, it's absolutely beautiful. It's Mm. so good, and it was um, Simon Lenton did all the arrangements for it, who's trumpet number one at um, Matilda. Yeah, but yeah, it was a really kind of brilliant thing to be involved in, and the film is beautiful. I think it's a really beautiful film. So, unfortunately, what happened was though, I was really busy with something else at the time, and I didn't get my details in. Um, to say which bit I'd done to yeah. the people who were doing the credits. So I'm only, I'm at the very end, like I get a thank you yeah. because I oh. just didn't get my arse in gear. So I don't oh, get credit no. for MD in that scene. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? I definitely did it. I was yeah. there. Yeah. So. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you still running, Laura? Um, I am not. I, um, I got a bit, after I did the marathon... I basically yeah. did my hip in doing the London Marathon. Oh, nice. And it's taken me a really long time to get over it. But the thing that I have been doing, um, so since we locked down on March the 13th, I think, yeah. every oh, single yeah. day I've done two exercise videos. Oh, well um, done. And I've got wow. really two. into, yeah, so I do two like half hour ones. I've got really yeah. into um, kickboxing. I'm probably oh. terrible at it. If I was to do it in like a studio, but but in my living room, I think I'm amazing. And then, so I got really into that. You must be by now. Yeah. And also, the thing that it's um, taught me is that for 38 years, I've had no core strength <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I've really been working on that, which has been great. And actually, weirdly, it's fixed my hip. Oh. Because my body's yeah, all working a lot of properly. Yeah. With that, isn't there? Yeah. Kicking. So I think yeah. I'm going to try slowly but surely getting out running again because I really yeah. have missed it. Um, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to do that and then. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Note to everyone else: don't cross her now. <laughs> She's kicking, <laughs> kicking <laughs> hard. <laughs> no, I'm really good at kicking the air. I don't think I'd be great at like kicking an actual thing i'm good at like kicking to a routine <laughs> yeah so let's go out with like a jukebox maybe yeah. go crazy kick you to my tunes it'll be great <laughs> yeah. i've punched myself in the face a few times as well i'm such a klutz <laughs> brilliant there was one day i punched myself in the chin and i was like this is like a low point in isolation. Like, <laughs> it's got to that point where I'm punching myself. Brilliant. Here, Laura, have you got any uh, any songs in particular you're listening to at the moment? We've got this Spotify playlist. I don't know if you've heard it. It's um, it's great. Do you want to add any tunes to it for because, us? I mean, I also, this, I, I didn't listen to music for quite a long time. So I've been listening to loads of podcasts, which I'm not going to plug on your podcast. Because <laughs> 
Um, because I think because I've been on my own, it's helped me to feel like there's someone else here. Yes, absolutely. Really sad. <laughs> um, it does. But I have been listening to it. So I love um, film soundtracks. And so if I'm yeah. feeling a bit low, um, I'll quite often turn to film soundtracks. So the one yeah. that I've been loving at the moment is the soundtrack to Saving Mr. Banks. I don't know if you've oh, seen that Oh, I film. don't know it. Yeah. It's by Thomas yeah. Newman. It's a beautiful soundtrack, but there's also a couple of things in it that are, there's a couple of like jazz standards. And there's also. Um, uh, a tune from Dave Does Disney, which is Dave Brubeck's Disney yeah. oh. album, which got me into that oh. as well. So I've been listening right. to some sound. I love um, uh, the soundtrack to um, The King's Speech as well. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Beautiful. It's really beautiful. And that's also got some beautiful... Um, Who composed that music? I think that was Alexander um, Desplat. Yeah. Right. Um, there's also some beautiful bits of Beethoven in that, and um, yeah, is it? Good. What's the, the bit from a symphony? The slow movement. I think it's the symphony. Is it eight or nine, or pathetic, oh, pathetic. Pat- yeah. There we go. That's in it, yeah. um, and also I don't know if you've heard of a singer called um, Blossom Deary. No, you've heard no. of her. So she is like an old jazz singer, and I am obsessed with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I don't know if yeah. you've watched it. On I've Amazon Prime, it, it's really good. It's about a female um, stand-up comic in um, in New York, sort of in the fifties, um, yeah. and the soundtrack to it is amazing. But they use quite a lot of Blossom Deary stuff. It's re- it's just like a little jazz trio, and her voice is like um, she's not the best singer at all, but she's yeah. dead funny, and just the way she interprets interprets stuff, um, mm. I found it really calming to listen to that. That's what I've been listening to. Very good. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yes, there we go. Oh, thanks, Laura. So brilliant to see her again, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she's a very entertaining person to talk to, and she's um, she's done so much great stuff. It was yeah. good to chat to her about about all that. And, yeah, um, I, I mean, the- I knew that she'd worked extensively with children, but when she was talking about Matilda and and all of the stuff she was doing there, it's a huge job, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It seems like she sort of was mostly doing it on her own, and yeah. I'm, I'm sure she had lots of help, but. But a big responsibility, yeah. and I'm sure for those kids, like they're growing up doing those shows, and they, for them, she must be like this um, huge figure in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd be mm. so pleased if it was me and she was the person who was sort of starting me out in my musical career because she's so enthusiastic and but yeah. incredibly knowledgeable, and yeah, yeah, just well, even when she's talking about it, you can tell she just knows her stuff. She's brilliant. Yeah, she is. Yeah, thank you for chatting to us, and um, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. And, and we've got, um, you know, as always, we've got our Spotify playlist, which is uh, available yeah. all the time. She's no added some that. nice things to that, hasn't she today? Yeah, very some good. good stuff. Yeah, um, and uh, please um, help help us um, raise the profile of this show if you can. <laughs> yes, as, uh, as a dear listener, if you could 
just you know tell someone about it that would be wonderful yeah tell her maybe maybe retweet it maybe just just like it yeah give yeah, us a yeah. like now that you're back like- out in the pubs probably pub gardens yeah. and things have a really yeah, yeah, loud yeah. conversation about it maybe and just you know throw in words like five star and yeah hey have you heard this this uh, new podcast thing yeah. what's that oh it's it's called three in a bar uh, what's scintillating yeah. yeah it's really funny and and insightful yeah <laughs> things like that yeah it's great go on do that do that for us or you could go on to uh, your podcast app and give us five stars oh that would be nice too and a, a short to review um backing <laughs> up that those five stars <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey this is one of those uh, sort of pre-recorded ones because yeah. i'm sort of off ha- having a baby uh Aww. so uh can't really talk about things we've done this week no. um but now but, that we're mid-august the baby will have arrived for sure yeah definitely so i'm You'd... congratulations your future self thank you oh thank you yeah uh yeah I, so <laughs> it's quite a monumental change in my life so uh, it's hard to put myself <laughs> in in the in the mind of what it'll be like in mid-august but um yeah and i'm I, not going to be some sort of witch foretelling what will be happening i i can only say i hope sleep is a joy and and all <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying to get that that sleep in uh, now Oh, it'll be um, so wonderful. Just It's just such a joyous bubble to be in. I remember so clearly, I think really fondly. I've got totally rose-tinted glasses about that time. And I just remember it being a, a, such a wonderful time where you're in your family unit and it, yeah. and you're together all the time and it's just a beautiful thing. So oh. I'm quite envious of you in many ways. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, there we go we'll, uh, we'll see what happens so um what about you verity <laughs> yeah, well, what am i doing here? right now <laughs> i'm really hoping i'm on holiday actually we're just looking oh, yeah. into that i'm <gasps> back in old self me in july is looking into the prospect of going away with thinking about getting some crafty ferry over to france and driving down and staying somewhere oh lovely. yes yeah so I, I think I'm trying to be all chilled about it and think, oh, just book it, it'll be fine. But, you know, my organisational self isn't... Oh, that isn't sounds so nice. Yeah. I, um, I, that was one of the things I was sort of fantasising about when it was like the height of lockdown where mm. you couldn't go out at all. Um, I just could fantasise about um, getting in the car, driving to Dover, getting on a ferry and then just driving to the Dordogne. Yes, exactly and that. And just... And just you know, getting in in the river there in in a canoe mm. or something, and and just or just just being down there in the heat and the yeah. drinking red wine and eating cheese and, and steak, foie gras, steak and fruit, steak. Yeah. Oh, I don't oh, know why I thought that. I, it's obviously sort of um, f- memories from childhood. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, exactly. But, I started um, watching Race I'd Across the that. World for that very reason because I was. I was so desperate to go away at the height of lockdown and being yeah. stuck in the house and barely going out. So yeah, we watched speed watch the whole of both series of Race Across the World, which is fantastic. May I say it was like that? Is that, day. is that the Ewan McGregor one? No, no, this is the one where it's a competition. So they have like oh, yeah. four different pairs of it, like a mother and a son and two brothers, or whatever, and and they race from one set point. What well, the best one's the first one where they go from London all the way to Singapore. Ah. Loved it. 
And what are the rules? You can have, they give the money, which is the same amount as the airfare to get there, but you're not allowed to travel by air. It has to all be done by land or sea. So, yeah. Oh, right. And so they've got to eke out this budget and they have to work along the way. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, great. Yeah. That'll make mm, some nice. great late night watching for you. If you haven't seen that, Seb, when the baby's little and you're up in the night and Charlotte, yeah, yeah. you know, you can, it's a great thing to watch because it requires very little concentration, but it looks lovely. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, uh, well, I'll check it out. Check it out in August. Yeah. Uh, do it. Do it. I'll save it for then. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, thanks to Laura and um and for everyone involved yeah. in in this process um, <laughs> that's that's the two of us isn't it <laughs> yeah. oh no and thanks. our guests obviously <laughs> and our guests here yeah. thanks yeah. to you verity yeah. well thanks, thanks to for... you seb it's a pleasure always <laughs> um and, and we'll be back next week when we hit yeah, our yeah. 20s we'll be back. oh yeah yeah let me just see who, who it is so i, I can know who give it away is. <gasps> oh i know oh yeah. i remember now yeah yeah mm, somebody who's gonna take us one. into the hedonistic 20s isn't it yes <laughs> yes he he or she is or yes <laughs> well i'll see you then then i'll see you then right. see you next monday lovely all Cheerio. right bye, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.